We are three best friends living on three corners of the country. Wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep our shit together. Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Elisa, and this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of A3 Life. Uh, This week we're going to be talking a little bit about, well, I mean, getting pregnant and the struggles that go along with that. And we're going to tell you guys a little bit about an IVF story, something that we haven't shared yet that Elisa is experiencing right now and something she has nothing but alluded to so far. She hasn't officially made any kind of announcements or anything. So today we're going to discuss a little bit about uh, infertility, secondary infertility, and getting pregnant. So Elisa, we've talked about that you have kids. You've got two teenagers. You've got fur babies and you have a wonderful husband. You guys have been married five Five years, years, Mm -hmm. a little over five years. Um, and so I know this is something you get asked a lot is because Matt doesn't have children. So are you having babies? What are you guys at on that? So I know that this is sort of your episode to talk about that journey for you. So tell us a little bit about what the last five years has been like for you guys and how you came to your decisions and what struggles you've had and that sort of thing. Perfect. All right. So I want to start off by saying this is absolutely not something I wanted to share in any way, shape or form. I'm just going to be completely honest. There's been a few people that knew about um, our first round with IVF and I was just strongly encouraged like, oh, you should tell, you should tell. And I'm just like, "Ah, I'm just not sure. But I'll tell you my aha moment that I had, and I was sitting in church on Sunday, knowing that potentially today, Tuesday, um, we could be starting our second round of medication. And Pastor Rocky said, are you using your God-given abilities to their full extent? And I was like, oh, it literally put chills on my arm. Now, I don't think this is my God-given ability. You know, I don't think God's making me do IVF, but He has given me a platform and a voice to share with so many people and educate them on the struggles and what it looks like. Because I'll be honest, before we got here, I knew nothing about IVF, nothing, nothing. I mean, I knew people had to do it, but I knew nothing about the process. I I knew nothing. And I just feel like, you know, literally the good Lord spoke to me and was like, you have to share this. You've been given this platform you've been given this voice. You've been given this journey to share it. So This isn't something I necessarily want to share because I do feel like it's private, but women should not be ashamed. This is real. It's medical. It's nothing we have control over. And I respect that some people do keep it quiet because when you open up like this, you're opening yourself up for a lot of opinions, a lot of, you know, voices and things like that. And people that simply don't understand. So my objective is to educate as many people as I can so, to, so that if they have a friend, a sister, a cousin, you know, that's going through something like this, that they can like relate and have, you know, somewhat know what's going on with them, you know, and see their feelings and things like that. So that's kind of how this came about. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to mention very quickly, we are in no way, shape or form professionals, medical professionals, or giving out any type of advice in today's episode. We're simply sharing our experiences, Elisa's experiences as we know them. Like I mentioned, this will be our second round. So we've already done this one time. Um, Right now, I guess in layman's terms, the best way to describe it is we're doing egg making. That's the best way I know how to describe it. So ideally you make as many eggs as possible, which includes medication. I've been taking human growth hormone for about three and a half weeks now, which is another injection. The idea between the HGH is to work on the quality. So let me back up. I have, um, I was diagnosed with stage three endometriosis. I had no idea I had it, no clue whatsoever. I had pain, I had discomfort, I had things like that you know, some of the symptoms, but I honest to God just thought it was normal. I thought it was like normal being a woman, like, Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, I have an upset stomach. I remember I've been to the emergency room two different times and I'm like, something is wrong. It's burning underneath my pelvis is burning. Like it literally feels like it's on fire. And they're like, Oh, I, I don't see anything. I'm like, something is wrong. Like they're like, Oh, STD, you know, something like that. But I'm like, no. So it was like this unexplained pain. You're all dude, I'm married. It's not an STD. <laughs> yeah. They literally treated me for an, like, they're like, oh, well, you're going to have to follow up. They did paps and you're like all this stuff. And I'm like, what? That's not what's wrong. Like, you're like, have... better not be, or we got <laughs> a problem. <laughs> I know. I'm like, die. Pretty, pretty sure that's not it. And the guys, anyhow. So looking back, I, I kind of see that, but endometriosis can only be officially diagnosed like surgically, like they have to go in and see endometriosis and test it. So basically they said, I probably had it my whole life. Um, it just didn't affect my reproductive organs until I was older because obviously I had my children when I was 16 and 19. So, you know, my reproductive organs were working fine. And then now I think the biggest struggle was, you know, Matt and I did wait like two years. I had an IUD And then finally we're like, all right, we're going to have a baby. We're going to try. So I just assumed like, oh, I'm going to get pregnant instantly. Like no problem. (laughs) So I took out my IUD and didn't get pregnant. Next month, didn't get pregnant. Next month started like ovulation testing. Remember I've had two kids on accident. I did no testing. (laughs) Like everyone on here has had kids on accident. Okay. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) No testing required. (laughs) No, nothing. So I'm like tracking and logging and I'm just like, this is crazy. So I went to my doctor. I was like, at this point, I think we've been trying like five or six months. And she's like, oh, you have to wait a year before you can see a specialist. I'm like, no home girl. I don't because I've had kids before, (laughs) you know, like just a year before it's like infertility or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm not waiting a year. So I just kind of grabbed the bull by the horns, made a doctor's appointment with a specialist, went in, had the blood work. I've had like I said, I had the surgery for endometriosis, which was two years ago where they went in. It was in my colon. It was everywhere. It was blocking my tubes. Um, they're like, how did you not know I had this? So obviously I have a pretty high pain tolerance. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how it, like how we found out about it. If you will, it was like, okay, you have endometriosis. They obviously did like sperm test on that perfectly good sperm. Um, no issues there. So it's literally just this endo has affected the quality of my eggs. So I have like premenopausal symptoms already. Um, I have heat flashes. I have night sweats. I have, so my body thinks it's older than it is as far as my reproductive parts go. 
So that's kind of how, you know, we got there. We did some non, like not as aggressive treatments as far as IVF. We did like a pill form where you make extra eggs and it's timed intercourse. We did a few rounds of that. And they basically, we took a break. We got cleared last summer. And honestly, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not ready. Like, I can't do this. I'm not ready. I think I was scared, obviously. Um, but this year I was like, all right, let's do this. Like, if we're going to do it, we're not getting any younger. Matt will be 34 in November. I'll be 34 in March. I have a kid graduating from high school. So I'm like, let's get this ball rolling. And you're starting all um, over again. Literally, we're starting all over again. And I'm like, my heart is full. I love my boys. I am so fortunate and, you know, so blessed to have had them when I did have them. And looking back, God knew exactly what he was doing. Yes, I was a teen mom. Yes, it was hard. Yes, it was a struggle. But I had two, my two boys naturally, you know, and I'm just so grateful for that opportunity because there's some people that don't get to experience that at all. Um, like my husband, my husband has not had that experience. And, you know, I, I knew that getting into this marriage, like, Praise the Lord. He has no kids, no drama, no baggage, no ex-wife, no nothing. Like what a treat. But I did know that, you know, children could potentially be in our future. And I told him, I was like, look, if you're absolutely sure I will do IVF, because let's be honest, I'm doing all the work here. My body is, I mean, he's a great support system, like blah, 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 but it's a lot on my body. And, um, it's been, you know, four years We've been going to the doctor now, no, probably like two or three years. We've actually been going to the doctor, um, seeing the specialist and it's just been a whirlwind of like hormones and medicine and this and that. And it's, it's been hard. It's been hard on my body. Um, try this surgery, this procedure, this blood work, this, like you yeah. name it. I've been there and I've done it. Hey guys, be sure to check out our store where you can find our cute B shirts at a3life.biz just for, uh, you know, anybody that may be listening or educational purposes, I know you said that you had pelvic pain and those sorts of things when you got diagnosed, but I mean, if you're willing to share, is that something that you experienced like during sex all the time? Did it flare up? Like I said, just for like educational purposes, what was your experience with that? Sure. So yeah, occasionally during sex, not every time, I'm sure it had something to do with my cycle. That's my assumption. Yeah. And then flare ups, you know, I'm sure there was flare ups because what I've read and educated myself about is, you know, certain foods and, you know, cause inflammation. Um, so looking back and then, like I said, I always had stomach issues, but I had my gallbladder out when I was 20 something. So I blamed a lot of my stomach issues on my gallbladder, but looking back, I'm, I really, truly, honestly think that it was endometriosis because it was wrapped around my colon. Like I have a scar over my butt when they mm. so did the surgery where they had to go around. and get it off my Like, colon. is it, is it like, it's like a growth. Okay. Yeah. It's your uterine lining growing on the outside of your uterus. That's, oh gosh. I think that's the actual definition. Someone's going to be listening to this and be like, that's wrong. But from my understanding, it's just like kind of like a growth, but it can't be detected like on a sonogram. It can't be detected like a CAT scan, you literally have to be cut open. And I say that, but they just do it like whatever, laparoscopy, whatever. Yeah. But I remember we, the day we went for my surgery, I think I had to be there at like 630. And I was back there like all day long. Like the surgery center was closed. I was wow. like eaten up with it. And again, it was just a suspicion that they had at the time. 
Um, and a lot of people after that surgery can even get pregnant on their own, but our biggest thing is just like it killed the quality of my eggs. So I've done supplements. I've been taking supplements. I'm like in support groups. I'm in some IVF support groups. I've learned more in those group pages than like any book or any Google, just talking to other women, reading the comments, you know, people go in there and ask the same question 500 times. I just scroll through and read through the comments. Like I've learned so much and it's, it's devastating to see some women. I feel like I'm a, I'm a trooper and I, maybe because I already do have two kids, but some of these women, it just controls their whole life and their whole existence. And it's all they think about all day, every day. So I'm so grateful for the life that I had that keeps me busy. I mean, it's just an obstacle for me. So I don't, I know that I'm going to win. It's just a matter of when I'm going to win. Um, so for me, it's not like all consuming. I don't get upset. You know, some of these women can't handle other people being pregnant or not getting, you know, and I, I do okay with that. Like, I'm still happy. I'm still excited. You know, I can never not be happy for someone, you know, that, so everyone handles it a little bit differently, but, um, fortunately I, you know, my emotions haven't been too bad as far as this so, goes. So you said that you're going into your second round of treatment, right? Um, so what, I mean, like right. what happened your first round? What was the conclusion of it that's leading you into your second? You know what I mean? Like what, what did you go through and what kind right. of results? So we just did a very traditional, like very basic IVF treatment last time, um, which was uh, menopore and full stem, I think. Um, and I stemmed, if you will, for eight days. So I did these injections, two injections every day for eight days. Um, and the whole time you're being monitored, you're going to the doctor, they're doing internal sonograms. And again, the idea is to make as many egg sacs as possible because in those egg sacs, potentially there's a lot of eggs. So you're just giving yourself more chance. So they're watching and monitoring these eggs the whole time. So my doctor was super excited. I responded really well. She was seeing between nine and 13 follicles. Um, I responded fast. I trigger. So they give you, you have to do like a trigger shot, which basically says, tells your body, release these eggs. So my body like, all right, release these eggs. We go to the process. Um, they put me to sleep, just local sedation, get the eggs out again. I had between nine and 12 follicles. So they were expecting somewhere in there egg wise. Um, and they only got five. So I woke up and again, I think my expectations were high because even my doctor was like, I'm super happy with these results, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I wake up and the nurse says to me, we got five. And I was like, I didn't really know how to, you know, I was grateful, but I was like, oh, cause you know, that's just the beginning of the process. And then the nurse had enough nerve. Like, I'm like, where's your professionalism? But then she goes on to say the lady after me got like 30 eggs. And I'm like, I'm not a crier. Yeah, she literally said that to me. And I'm not a crier, but obviously I've been under anesthesia, like whatever. And I literally almost cried. I'm like, why would you think that's appropriate to say? Like, I got five, she got 30. <laughs> like, hello. Ultra, um, ultra, so I got the five. So after the five, yeah, which was weird because she'd worked there forever. And she was like a super sweet lady. She's an older lady. I guess she just wasn't thinking. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, 
So they call you the next day and they're like, all right, X amount fertilized because they take my eggs, the five, they take Matt's sperm and they put them together. Um, so the first Matt and Lisa babies get- were made. So hold on, hold on. How do they get Matt's sperm? Does he have to like go into a room and like wacka wacka? Yeah. And then- he has to home. give a sample. Is there videos or magazines? <laughs> You go in there. Um, I think he said I'm there. No, I'm, a, in the back I'm room. asleep on the table. I'm no, not he's doing there. it next to you while you're sleeping. <laughs> no, he's in the room. I'm in. A oh, I know. But what's room. happening in the room? Is there magazines or like a TV? Is he's, he looking at you through the window, sleeping? God, is that's so no, creepy. Is he doing a cup? I know. And he like a cup. And then he like passed another guy. Like, oh gosh, do they like, like shake hands, high fives? <laughs> like, obviously, no. Yeah, like, good luck. I don't know. Like, how could you? Um, like, so I, I think he said there was like some money. Like, don't you kind of think, no. even from like a man standpoint, that'd be like, like, could you even get like aroused? You'd have to have something that's awkward. Okay, go in the back room. We want you to jack off, put it in this cup, bring it out here. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're like put on the spot. Sign sample. What? Yeah, it's definitely like, high pressure. I feel like it's high pressure. It is, man. Know. They gotta have they gotta have something juicy going on back there in those rooms. Yeah, there was like, like some nineties hustlers magazines in there. <laughs> oh, isn't that precious? <laughs> yes. I, I mean I didn't ask a whole lot of details, but anyhow, they take my egg, unite them with his sperm, and then they watch them. So they call me the next day and they're like, All right, well three fertilized, if you will. So over the course of the next five days, they watched these three. And I had already like counted it out. I'm like, there's not going to be any. So they call me on day five and they're like, one made it to the freezer, if you will, because obviously they freeze them for so a later date. what do they mean day. by it made it? Like what are they exactly looking for? Like the cells formed, like it started to develop. They oh. wanted to get to a certain phase. The other ones like died or didn't connect or didn't they grow. They wanted to turn, like go into like the fetus level, like right? Where it's like a fetus. No, no, not a fetus yet. It's still just cells. I think there's oh. like, there's X amount of cells and then they throw it in the freezer. Like, oh, so, yeah, we have a baby on ice um, for a later transfer. So some people do what's called a fresh transfer. So they would watch him for those five days and they would call him and say, all right, we're ready. You can come back in on day five. And they would go ahead and transfer my clinic specifically. And I think most clinics have a higher success rate with the frozen ones. For whatever reason, who would think that? I have no idea. I mean, I've seen success stories with frozen and fresh for sure. Isn't that crazy that like, like live baby make it, you know, is can like, be stopped? And it's like, like, can someone put me in the freezer oh. and they find some like anti-aging stuff and like take me back? Like, I mean, is that you know what I mean? Like it's that's crazy, kind of a crazy thought if you think about that. Like that we're so the whole process technological is bizarre. Technology, whatever. Like we're so far advanced or whatever. Yes. Technically, yeah. technically advanced. right. Yeah. It is crazy. It's crazy. So that baby's on ice, but and ideally we only want to have one kids, but the odds of that one making it, you know. So I don't want to have to do the whole process again before we transfer. So we're doing another round. Um, I take supplements. I take um, omega-3, prenatal vitamins, aspirin, um, pycnogenol. I take those every single day um, to help improve the quality of the egg. 
Um, and then we added again the HGH, the human growth hormone. So there hasn't been a lot of studies of women under the age of 40, but my doctor's like, it definitely can't hurt you. So we've done three and a half weeks of HGH. Um, and then tonight we start the actual medication. Um, so I start medicine today and then I go Friday morning they do another scan and they just kind of start watching them grow. It's, I think the worst part for me is there's no set dates. It's all by how your body responds and when your cycle happens and when this happens and then you trigger here and then retrievals this day. And like, it's just a lot of unknowns and you all know I'm like crazy chronic planner. So it's just like you sit around and wait and it all depends on just like what your body's going to do. Yeah. So what is, um, you know, you've mentioned the medications, but, uh, so you're doing supplements, which obviously is pills. And then when mm -hmm. you start the stemming, which is what mm -hmm. the process is you're starting tonight is called. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. and that just basically means again, the process of making eggs. Yes. Yeah, stimulating yeah, egg stimulating your ovaries. We're overstimulating our ovaries essentially. Right. So when you start stimming. that process, is that, shots injections how often and for how yeah. long so it's shots in the stomach um i was so freaked out i have a video and i'll share it with someone um my friend alexa was actually there when we did our first shot ever it was at convention and i had like psyched myself out right because who actually likes needles like no yeah. one no one likes needles like so I'd psych myself out and they go in your stomach. So it's just like, oh my God, it's going to be so bad. So I'd like literally psyched myself out. And so she caught the whole thing on video and I end up laughing because I just like psyched myself out so much. I literally, I put the ice pack on, hold the ice pack there for a little bit. And then Matt, like his part is he does the actual injections. He mixes it all up, all that. I don't know how to do any of that. And then you just like, it's numb. He grabs like fat and then just put it in the fat. <laughs> and honestly, like, like pinches your fat and, then mm -hmm, puts and puts it in there. So it's like the pinch hurts worse than anything. Um, so again, that's two medicines plus my HGH. So I'll do three injections tonight, all in the stomach. Um, I didn't even bruise last time. So, and I haven't bruised any from the HGH. I've seen some people that do obviously, but I think probably icing it helps. And sometimes I'll do it without ice. Like if I'm in a hurry, like, I went to Nashville for a girl's trip. I just did it in the bathroom real quick. Like I didn't fool around with icing and stuff like that. She's like, like HGHing herself in the bathroom at a bar <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Right. I'm like, never mind me. <laughs> um, so anyhow, and then I'll go back Friday. And then there's another there's a third injection that I'll add at some point that they add in at some point. So at at, at my highest, I'll be doing four injections at a time and we do it at the same time every night between six and eight. And we do it at the later part because we do it at eight o'clock um, because it's just most likely when we're both home and, you know, things like that. So tonight at eight is when we actually start. So will you continue those injections once you're pregnant and everything or? So it gets even harder. Um, so after this, um, I'll stop injections. Hopefully we'll have eggs, blah, blah, blah um in the freezer and then we'll go into the transfer stage and um then i start more injections but they're in your hip slash butt area and they're a lot bigger needle they aren't um they aren't those little baby those little baby like diabetic needles these are like 
big, big needles. So you have to start about from what I've read five or six days, a few days before you're going to transfer. And then you keep injecting between 10 and 13 weeks of pregnancy and you just have to rotate hip to hip. And, um, I'm not looking forward to that one at all. Like Matt's had to give me a shot like that before and it was okay, but one, but not so much the shot as like you literally get sore, like your hips and it's sore and the medicine and you have to like rub it out and it's just injecting hormones that your body doesn't have that it needs. Um, So I'm not looking forward to that one. There is like a numbing solution. I told my doctor, I'm like, I don't care the cost. Give me that numbing solution. (laughs) Like, and you have to like roll it out and heating and like, it's, it's a lot. So that one, I am these stomach ones. I'm like, they're a walk in the park. The one in the muscle, I am not looking forward to at all, (laughs) but we have some time before we get there. Yeah. Like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button below. Well, what about, um, timeline? I know you don't really know, but you know, let's just say as an example, this time or last time you would have got four or five that made it. And so they said, we're feel comfortable with this. Mm -hmm. We're ready for a transfer. How long do they want to keep it on ice? How soon can the transfer happen? And, And like sort of stuff like that. I honestly don't know what the break time is because we, I told them like from day one. Now, if I would have said I want to transfer that one, they would have done it. But we just decided that we want to have at least three on ice, you know, so we already have one. So God willing, we get two out of this batch. Um, So we just picked the date in December um, because my clinic keeps all essentially you only have a few dates to choose from. So I tentatively already assuming everything works out. I mean, Again, this is all so much nature stuff because your li- your uterine lining has to be a certain level. Your blood work has to be a certain level. I like – there's so many things that have to line up for it to happen. So mm-hmm. we do have a tentative transfer date, um, and we needed it that far out because we're doing genetics testing. Um, that's optional. You can do gen- – they take a biopsy from the embryos, and they biopsy that, and it's a very controversial subject. Some people are like, Oh, I would never do that. Some people are like, I would never do it without it. So to each their own, it's just something we decided we are going to do. Um, because there's sometimes eggs make it embryos, make it that in nature in your belly or things, you know, wouldn't make it on their own. And that ultimately are going to end in a miscarriage or some sort of birth defect or something like that. Now this obviously isn't a hundred percent by no means, but Um, it does help increase the chances for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if this is your, you know, for you, you're getting, like you said, you're getting ready to be 34. So if this is like your one last child, your one chance to get pregnant, obviously you want it to be healthy and you know what I mean? And live a full life and not end up with a baby that probably wouldn't have made it in nature or something, you know? So that makes a lot of sense. Or a miscarriage. I just do not really... I see so many people that, and there are miscarriages that happen even when they do test them. I understand that there's a lot that goes into it, but our best chance is a tested embryo. And that's what I want. I just want my highest chance. Um, fortunately, miscarriage is not something I've had to deal with before. Um, it was the fact of just not getting pregnant at all. So I'm, I'm grateful for that because that's just absolutely heartbreaking. So we're hoping to avoid that of course, but it's just been an, it's been an interesting, um, 
experience because this has been going on again for about three years all in all like back and forth and all right we're going to do it all right let's start the meds all right now is not a good time you know so it's just a lot and it's a lot on us a lot on my body a lot on our relationship a lot on my work schedule a lot of like has it taken a toll like on your relationship like up and down and like I mean has it strained it at all has it made it better has it you know or there's just probably been phases I'm sure huh absolutely yeah so there's definitely phases um again when you're putting hormones into your body you are that's messing with how you feel so you know, Matt swears that I was like a complete train wreck last time. And I was grouchy and mean and hormonal. I was like, oh, I, I thought it felt fine. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, I didn't know. Um, but he's been super supportive and he's like a trooper and I'm just like a get it doneer. So I'm just like, all right, just do it. Um, I don't harp a lot on it. I don't spend a lot of time on it. I, you know, it's something I pray with and I deal with for sure. But I mean, we talk a lot about it, um, because it is a huge part of our life and like traveling, I have to travel with my injections and he's not going to be there. So who's going to do my injections? Cause I could do one, but I'm not sure I can stab myself three or four separate times. Like it's just a lot. And then once I start the other injections, that's obviously something I can't do myself. And I'm like, well, you're going to be gone and I'm going to be traveling and I have to travel with it. And it's just, it's a lot. There's just like a lot of dynamics. Um, Are we going to have to inject you at some point? Um, Are me and Allie going to have to inject you at some point? You probably don't have to worry about that job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, doing I it. <laughs> I had to I travel. It it hey, if it helps. Because we raised dogs, I gave all my own vaccinations. Eh, that she did. Great, that. she's qualified. <laughs> That's great. I had to travel with her I'm drugs concerned. once, so no pressure. Oh, yes, you did smuggle my drugs. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm like, they came in the mail. I'm like, Darren, you have to be at home at such and such time because Elisa's drugs are coming, and this is important. Like, her baby's life is in our hands. Like, Literally. this is important. <laughs> like, do not lose these. Do not leave the house. Very expensive life is in yes. your hands. So, <laughs> that's something else we can talk a little bit about is the cost, right? And yeah, this is something that I am absolutely so grateful for is, you know, thank God for giving me the gift of, you know, my business and financially being able to do this because it is absolutely not cheap. I mean, there are people that will never get to do run one round, much less two rounds. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I have a friend who um, I met in a group paid embryos. They all had to be tested and she ended up having none that tested because her husband had a genetic disorder. So the gene was passed to a majority of hers and she doesn't have the money to do it again. So I was just like, oh, absolutely heartbroken for her. Yeah, it was, I mean, she spent however much, I'll just say a roughly 20 grand and has yeah. nothing to show for it. I mean, that's so important that's to say, like we're talking tens of thousands of dollars and that's like, just once you guys start your process, that's not like for, in your case, you had a medical condition. So that doesn't count your prepping just to get your body able to even get pregnant again, you know? 
Right, right. And some insurances, there are some really great insurance companies out there. I have insurance. Mine does not cover any type of fertility. There are some that cover a percentage, some that cover all, um, some that cover none, you know, so everyone's on different spectrum. Some have financing plans, some have payment plans, some people put it on a credit card, you know, that's always another subject in these group pages is like, how are people paying for this? Out of the country is cheaper. Um, and we've kind of already made that decision that, you know, God willing, this is a chance, but I think next time, if we have to do this again, which I'm hoping we don't, we will more than likely go out of the country because the prices are literally half a fraction, a wow. fraction of what we pay in the U S it's really bizarre. I think I want to say Canada, I want to say, or New Zealand, there's some countries that is completely covered completely. Wow. Like that's pretty dang awesome. Um, but in the U S unfortunately it is super overpriced. The drugs alone, um, both times I spent about $4,000 out of pocket just for the medication. Whoa. So that'll give you a good idea of how much. Well, I mean, you mentioned it briefly, but, um, is there anywhere that you would recommend people going for support? I mean, I know you have talked about the group pages and that you've met and connected with people in those, in those pages, but are there websites or anything like that that you would recommend to people that need information or need support or just a friend? Honestly. Or yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say get involved in Facebook group pages, like IVF support pages, um, stuff like that. They're usually pretty private. If you want to keep it private, um, create a fake profile. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, I mean, I'm in there on my real profile, but I, I really suggest just like getting connected with someone, find someone to connect with, find someone to tell, and then ask questions and see their experience. The girl, okay. The protocol that I'm doing this time, we changed up my protocol from last time because I didn't have great results, but I met her in an IVF support group page, she has the same doctor as me. This wasn't like our clinic IVF group page. Like she has the exact same doctor, not the same clinic, the exact same doctor where I live. This wasn't a Florida IVF page. This is like, I think there's like a hundred thousand people in there, like tons of people. She had the same freaking doctor as me. And she told me about this protocol. Like I told her and she's like, oh, well tell them about this protocol. And it was her who told me about this protocol. And I mentioned it to my doctor. I was like, by the way, it was another one of your patients that brought it up to me. And yeah, like, what are the odds of that? And I've met like, you know, if people are stimming at the same time, it's like a connection, like, Hey, what's going on with you? How are you feeling? Um, and again, I just go in there and just read the post and the comments. And I've learned so much that I had no idea about and just the support. And some people just go in there and they want a vent or they want a place to, you know, it's a safe place from where I've seen and what I've experienced and just getting involved in a Facebook group page. Step one, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I think that's great. I think this was really super informative. Is there Elisa or Alicia, anything else you want to add or ask or anything before we close out? Um, no, not, not necessarily. There's one little um, comment I want to make because um, me and Allie have claimed this. Um, so for one, we are definitely going to be the aunties. So that's step one. So <laughs> auntie one and two over here. And then step two, we are 
definitely going to be in your maternity pictures. <laughs> so so like we already, yes, we sent her this picture, like when she did her, before she did her first round and it's like the mom and dad and they're like, he's like holding her belly and it's all cute. And these two weirdos are like peeking out from behind the tree. And I'm like, oh, that's us. That's going to be like, why the hell are they following us around, <laughs> popping out of places during our maternity pictures? <laughs> yes. I know. Like, this is so weird. Yes, I love them. And I thank you all for your support. Because again, this, you know, we didn't tell a lot of people to begin with. And it's a lot to learn. And it's a lot to understand. And I can tell you, we don't expect everyone to learn and understand. It's a lot to know and understand. But just being cautious, I think the biggest tips I can give it does not bother me, but I can tell you it heartbreaks some women when you ask them, when are you having a baby? Because if you're asking someone that more than likely, some people choose not to have children, but more than likely they are trying and they're experiencing something that you know nothing about and they're not ready to share it yet. So I think if I can give one tip to people is be very careful asking, when are you having a baby? Y'all haven't had a baby yet. Is it time to have the baby yet? Are y'all trying, you know, all of those comments where you don't mean any harm, some women take that really, really hard because, again, in most cases, they are already trying and they're going through something you don't understand and they're not ready to share with the world yet. So I think that that's how I want to close out is just, you know, be cautious of other people's feelings because they're definitely going through something that you know nothing about. Yeah, I mean, I looked it up while we were when we started chatting because I was just curious. And according to like the last statistic, it said that one in 10 women struggle with infertility of some sort. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but you're talking one out of a group of 10, 10 out of a group of 100. Like that is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and so you don't have any idea how they're struggling or, or anything. But Elisa, it's, I, I've been- Right, and so I think secondary is- tough too, because I mean, all of it's tough, but secondary knowing that like your body can have a baby and you have had a baby. So it's just like, what is happening? I don't understand. So it's, yeah. I think it's even like more gut wrenching, like, ah, you know, so yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Well, I am so glad that I've got to like be a part of your like little secret and now the world's going to know. <laughs> so right. I'm right. proud of you for sharing. Cause it's something we uh, both Alicia and I have encouraged her to do for a while, but she wasn't ready. And obviously we respect that. Um, but I think your story is going to really help a lot of people answer a lot of questions, let people get to know you a little bit better. Um, and maybe they'll think before they say, are you guys ever going to have kids? When are you going to get pregnant? Or, you know, any of that stuff, because um, it's something you've been sort of secretly dealing with this whole time and stuff. So anyway, thank you for sharing. Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at A, the number three life, Inc. And check out our online shop at A, the number three life dot biz.